0: Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello friends, how are you doing? I'm really sorry for the kind of break in the podcast in December. I had a kind of fantasy about being able to record shows while I was away, but it just, yeah, it just didn't happen, which I'll explain in the podcast. So this, this week's episode is all about mallow which is one of the herbs in the Prisoner's Herbal book which I found in prison which I became close with and yeah it's definitely one of my all-time favourite plants. I know I say that every week but yeah I hope you enjoy this segment about mallow. This kind of first part of the show I'm actually going to be talking about what I've been doing the last three weeks. Before I dive in I just wanted to give a bit of a kind of Serious content warning that I'm going to be talking about what I've experienced in Palestine, what I've witnessed, um, people I've met. And yeah, I guess some of it is very heavy. It's a lot of state violence references to murder, to imprisonment, to cancer. So yeah, I just wanted to flag that up before I dive in. So yeah, that's where I've been. I've been in Palestine for three weeks. I went with my partner who is just absolute anarchist heartthrob and mega babe I have two amazing boyfriends but one of them has been going to Palestine for over 20 years doing different solidarity work and organizing and um yeah I wanted to join him on this trip and meet his friends and comrades and like connect with this kind of whole region that he has this really deep relationship with yeah, so we were there for three weeks. We had a base in Ramallah in the West Bank and we also went down south a lot to the South Hebron Hills and we also went to loads of other places like Talcoram and the Jordan Valley and Nablus and yeah, it kind of just felt like we spent the whole trip on a civis which is like these amazing little minibus things. And yeah, to be honest, like I'm still, I only just got back home like the night before last. Yeah, it's just like, I'm still processing it. It feels very disorientating to be back in England and to leave, like, that place and to have the privilege of being able to just fly away from it all when, yeah, people are still living under this horror of occupation. Yeah, so it was a bit of an eventful trip. And the second day, I actually ended up having a very severe allergic reaction, going into anaphylaxis, had to go to hospital, go on IV. Yeah, it was... It was like my worst nightmare for travelling, like I'm really not a very confident traveller. I have a lot of kind of allergies, which, you know, as most of us know, is to do with kind of like chronic stress and childhood trauma and disordered immune system. But yeah, it was pretty scary and it kind of like eclipsed the trip a little bit because I was paranoid about everything I was eating and I couldn't have food from the villagers, which was really sad. And and then I developed like a horrible chest infection which I caught from my partner, and so yeah, I just felt like the whole time I definitely wasn't at my best, and it was like tough, and I missed my friends in England. I missed Simon, Kev in Prison. I had a lot of grief around Taylor, um, but yeah, I feel proud of myself with support from friends that I was able to kind of like keep going and yeah, just met, like, the most beautiful people, sorry, I knew I'd get emotional recording this, just, I cannot explain, like, the hospitality, and the kindness, and, like, I always had this feeling of, like, I don't know, like, not wanting to go abroad, because it felt like this real, like, hideous, like, white saviour dynamic, and it also felt like, something that that lots of I hate to say about lots of that more middle class people did you know like while the rest of us were trying to like survive and support friends in poverty and you know support friends in the prison system or deal with like the border regime here it felt like lots of more middle class people would just kind of like go abroad you know to this like exciting exotic struggle and I think yeah I think that actually affected me being like a good internationalist like in being an active internationalist and I think I've had my yeah my eyes just like pulled wide open as to how much like international support I mean you know I do know this like I am an internationalist I do a lot of international solidarity work and prisoner support internationally and sharing people's different call outs and like you know I'm not okay I'm not like just exclusively UK focused but yeah, like, I mean, in the sense of, like, physically going somewhere, like, it just, yeah, I just really realised, like, how much people value, like, attention from the international community, and how much people need people to pressure Israel and other people in order to, like, stop their, like, brutality, and to end the occupation, and I just kind of, yeah, it was just amazing to experience that firsthand, of actually feeling, like, genuinely welcome and appreciated, and, one man in one of the villages where they're resisting demolitions like we went there we we'd visited and then we'd left to go and do podcast interviews and then came back a few days later and interviewed him and his brother had had his leg broken by settlers and he was and he said like do you want us to die like you know because he knows that if an internationalist is there with a camera filming that there is much less chance of violence. Um, another person was attacked really badly by settlers and the, the police arrested him for attempted murder. And thankfully, like an internationalist had filmed the whole thing, like half an hour of this of this um, kind of situation. And it showed that, you know, he, he got attacked and um, he wasn't to blame. And the organiser, Sammy, was like, yeah, you've saved my dad from like years in prison. So yeah, it was very, it was very life changing for me to see like that Yeah, that kind of like welcomeness. um, And that, yeah, just that kind of like heartbeat of internationalism and why it's so important. Yeah, and we were very, very lucky that I did, you know, I did a bit of protection magic, of course, but we were very lucky that we didn't kind of like witness anything like too harrowing like ourselves in the sense of, you know, I was like really preparing for like tear gas and shootings you know like the occupying forces have been using live ammunition on demos and in other situations and I was yeah just expecting okay maybe I'll get arrested maybe I'll get deported like I kind of prepared myself for all these things and then yeah we just seemed to like evade it if that makes sense like we would turn up somewhere and then leave and then find out something had happened or it was like a very strange trip if that makes sense my partner said it was like the only time he's ever been where he hasn't had to you know directly be involved in a situation so yeah so I was very grateful in that respect but I think yeah even just like listening to people and seeing the situation on the ground like it's really yeah it's like a lot in and of itself you know but yeah we recorded these podcast interviews and we're going to be launching a kind of like standalone series for the international solidarity movement because they're really, really desperate for people to come. There's only a couple of people on the ground and they need many more people in order to support all the different places under threat. So that podcast, I will announce it on here, but I think it's going to be done um, hopefully this month. We're going to kind of launch it in batches. But we did some amazing interviews with different people from different villages who are are facing demolitions. While we were there, school was demolished. And, yeah, people's homes are under attack. And, yeah, people are under attack by, by people in the settlements in the South Hebron Hills so we have some interviews with people from that region including um, a youth organisation that focuses specifically on organising with young people and they're really amazing Um, and we've also got an interview with some folks who are ISM volunteers who've been there for like uh, nearly three months to kind of, so people can get, like, a feeling of what it's like. Yeah, there was lots of, like, prisony things. things. Um, one of the first days, we went to a demonstration in support of some mothers from a place called Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem, and their children are looking at years in prison. They've been tortured in prison uh, for defending themselves against settlers. And, yeah, we we interviewed them, and that was, yeah, this woman said about her son trying to kill himself and trying to, She was like I don't know how he will be after he gets out of prison and there was just this like raw insight into how prison like changes you and traumatises you and yeah it was really like beautiful. To connect to connect with her in their campaign, we also interviewed someone from an organization called Adamir, who do huge amounts of prisoner support and kind of documentation around like abuse in prisons. And you know, we have some really good questions about abolition and different things. And we also talked to people from a martyrs organization. Yeah, the kind of like martyrs situation. It's like a martyr is kind of anyone that the occupation kills. It's obviously also people who resist who die in resistance but it's people who you know have been killed by the occupying forces and when we were there there were like a number of deaths that occurred Maybe people saw in the news about a 16 year old called Jana who was shot by snipers um in janine she was getting her cat off a roof and was shot multiple times and yeah there's been no accountability for this like israel are like oh it was an accident but yeah she she fell and in palestine they have this like incredible tradition where they actually carry people's bodies like on the street and have these like huge demonstrations to kind of like honor their fallen people and i think it was like very sorry i don't know why i'm so tired very emotional today it was very beautiful because, like, I felt since Taylor died that there wasn't that much, like, outrage, you know? It was, like, very difficult to honour him. You know, like, people translated the post and things like this and we had one demo, but other than that, it kind of, like, fell on silent ears. And I know the context is, like, vastly different, you know, like, Palestine is a huge population of people who've you know, been occupied a very long time, who've experienced like unimaginable amounts of trauma and violence and oppression. So, you know, they have like cultures and rituals to celebrate people who have died and to honour their dead. Another person who died was a man called Nasser Abu Hamid and he died of cancer. He'd done twenty years in prison. And yeah absolute medical neglect didn't get treatment and they're still fighting for his body that was something I learned was that Israel like holds people's bodies and doesn't give them back to the families as a kind of like weapon of oppression yeah we interviewed someone from a martyrs association who is fighting for the body of his brother who has died and um Yeah it was very very moving and the day that this man died there was like huge demonstrations in multiple cities, there was a general strike, all these like shops closed down and everything shut down and it was like a really amazing like public, I don't mean amazing in like a good way, I mean an amazing in like a beautiful moving way. That, you know, the the whole population just honoured him. Yeah, so that was really intense. And I also did a really awesome interview with someone from the Palestinian Medical Relief Society. And they've trained, like, over 180,000 people in first aid skills in order to respond to occupation violence. Yeah, they're just fucking incredible. Like, the amount of, kind of, like, mutual aid work is just mind-blowing and it's like really grassroots and i'm gonna publish that interview like on this podcast also met people from the jordan valley solidarity and saw kind of their lives in terms of resisting occupation and also like having this amazing growing project like i was like so sick and i was a bit city doubt if i'm honest and then we went to the jordan valley and rashid the person who lives there like has this amazing base where volunteers can stay and just like so many amazing plants. like literally were eating bananas like from the trees. And I got to see plants like mallow, which I'll talk about today. And all different herbs. He was explaining to me about different types of thyme and sage in the region. And yeah, it was like, oh, it was so nice. Like, and they had these two super cute puppies. So that definitely helped. But yeah, um, you know, I'm going to be talking about how... ISM really need people, but also Jordan Valley Solidarity, like, they, you know, the farmers there who are, you know, it's mostly horticultural, like, really appreciate support. So if there's any kind of like herbalisty, agroecology, permaculture-y type folks who are interested in volunteering there, I know they would really appreciate you. It would definitely be top of my list in terms of like an amazing place to stay where you can see, you know, the occupation, but you can also kind of have this little amazing growing project to spend time in. We also interviewed some women organisers, including someone from a women's union in Palestine, about how, yeah, how kind of like gender-based violence reproduces itself in Palestine and how yeah this is connected to the occupation as well but yeah so anyway I really look forward to launching the podcast I'm kind of going to be doing lots of editing <sighs> unfortunately um, things are a little bit delayed because I've got to go to Calais this week I normally go the first week of the month so I'm going to be there doing um, first aid and and work with our like mobile herbal clinic but yeah when I get back I'm going to try and do like much more posts about Palestine on my Instagram and going to be designing graphics for this podcast and yeah doing all the things I really yeah I really left there feeling like I wanted to come back and help encourage people to go like yeah like I said at the beginning like people really value internationalists there and the culture is so welcoming and loving and kind and to be honest like I felt very safe not in terms of the occupation but in terms of you know, just people looking out for me. Like, I actually didn't have... I was expecting a lot more sort of, like, street harassment or sexual harassment, which didn't happen. I mean, maybe the odd comment, but, like, nothing that I was expecting. And, yeah, it was... Yeah, I think I think a lot of, like, bougie gentrification is happening in cities like Ramallah. Like, we were totally able to find, like, all the bougie vegan food we needed, like, soy milk and stuff. Couldn't find tofu, but everything else. I had a lot of rice and beans. But, yeah, definitely really yeah like I said just really welcoming and you know like it's obviously an occupation so you're driving and there's like checkpoints and there's soldiers with guns and you know like every other day someone gets killed and so yeah there is this like constant hostility from the occupation in terms of raids and also from settlers um, in terms of like violence and aggression and targeting people so you know it's not like going on a holiday to Magaluf you know like it is a different thing but I do think not that I've ever been to Magaluf by the way um I don't even know where is it in Spain I'm not sure anyway what I'm saying is like they really value people on the ground you can get a visa for up to three months there's training there's support yeah and I think you know they were really really affected ISM by the pandemic and by people not coming and I think you know, with the election of people in Palestine, uh, in Israel, sorry, like very right-wing politicians, like it does feel like things are moving in a terrifying direction. I mean, they've, you know, they've already been in a terrifying direction for a really long time. But yeah, I think if you can be there and your presence means that someone doesn't get attacked or someone doesn't end up in prison or someone's home doesn't get demolished, then that's like a really amazing act. And I think it was very frustrating for people there who, you know, when there was only one or two people that they couldn't really do much. They had to just film. They weren't able to, you know, block bulldozers or anything else. But with much bigger groups of people, like, much more is possible. So, yeah, I just want to encourage people to check that out. Um, The ISM website is palsolidarity.org. Feel free to message me with any questions as well. And, yeah, this episode is all about Mallow. And mallow is actually one of the herbs that I found in Palestine. And I was so happy to see it because I had this horrific chest infection. And mallow was just so soothing and comforting to me. And just like emotionally to see it there. Uh, mallow is one of the tattoos on my arm. So I hope you enjoy the the episode about mallow. Um, oh yeah, I didn't say about prison. But you know what, I've decided not to talk about it because we're going to do a much bigger Call out when we um have confirmed a few more details, but basically there was another death in Eastwood Park where Taylor was and um yeah, just horrific circumstances, someone burnt to death. So yeah, it's really awful. I will talk about it next week I think. But for now, please enjoy Mallow. Please check out the ISM website and I hope you have a really good New Year's Eve. I hope you're all outside prisons tonight making noise. I hope you've had a good time with your families, and I mean families in the broadest way, in terms of chosen family, your best friends, your comrades, your lovers. And yeah, I will see you next year. Mallow. Okay, I'm doing it again about favourite plants, but this this kind of plant family are just so outstanding, medicinally just absolutely beautiful, one of the herbs on my sleeve. But yeah, let's dive into them. So, latter name, Malva sylvestris. Plant family, Malviaceae, Mallow family. Identification. Tall and upright, up to one metre, or rather creeping. Leaves are up to 12 centimetre across, long stalks and commonly a dark spot on the base of the leaf blade. Flowers are 2.5 to 4 centimetres across. If you see a flower that's like 4.2 centimetres, just let me know. (laughs) Just joking. I feel bad. Like, I love botany a lot, but it's so reductionist. Anyway. Okay, mallows have five flower petals. The flowers of common mallow are whitish to light pink in colour and have pink stripes running up each petal on the flower. Mallow flowers are bisexual, meaning both the female and male reproductive plants are in every flower. In the centre of the flower, the pistil sticks out. The ovary is located at the base of the petals and eventually ripens to produce the cheese wheel-like fruits. The fruits are circular and look like a miniature round block of cheese. Vegan cheese, obviously. Just (laughs) joking. Okay, other species. The most commonly used species of mallow family for medicinal purposes is marshmallow, Althea officinalis. However, there are many related useful species including musk mallow, dwarf mallow, cheeseweed mallow, bull mallow, Hibiscus, hollyhock, desert scarlet globe mallow, okra, Indian mallow, jingma, cacao and cotton are also part of the mallow family. Other species of the British owls include cornish mallow, rough mallow and tree mallow. Folk names in English. High mallow, tall mallow, blue mallow, cheesecake. Malva comes from the Greek word maloxus, meaning slimy or to soften. Chemical constituents, flavonoids, mucleages, terpenoids, phenol derivatives, enzymes, sulfate oxidase, cumarins, vitamins, tocopherols, vitamin E and ascorbic acid, vitamin C, fatty acids, sterols, pigments, chlorophyll A, chlorophyll B and xanthophylls. Food and nutrition. The leaves, flowers and roots have a long history of edible use spanning continents over thousands of years. The leaves can be used as a vegetable. They are a great thickening addition for soups. The flowers can be added to salad. Mallow water has been used as a vegan egg substitute. The root can also be blended with water and then strained to make creamy, nutritious plant milk. Mallow is high in calcium, vitamin A and iron, as well as dietary fibre, magnesium, selenium and vitamin C. Ecological role. Common mallow is commonly found on waste ground, footpaths, meadows, moist ground and roadsides. Mallow's strong roots can help aerate and fertilise degraded soils. Katrina Blair writes how mallow can be a great midwife to other plants, as well as how mallows can be susceptible to several fungal colonies, including mallow rust, which causes dark orange coloured bumps to appear on the underside of leaves. The cause of this fungus is often from an overly moist environment and a dense thicket of mallow. Herbalist Julie and Matthew Seal highlight that, the low-growing leaves tend to accumulate heavy metals from vehicle exhausts. You know, for example, if they're growing on the side of the road. Cultivation and harvesting. Mallow is very easy to grow from seed and is adaptable to most soils. Mallow leaves are best harvested when the stems are bright green and healthy-looking. Beware of rusted leaves. It's ideal if the plants can be used fresh because of their water and mucilaginous content. However, they can be dry too. They will lose about one-third of their mucilaginous quantities. The roots are best harvested in the autumn when they have more mucilage. Energetics. Temperature neutral to cooling depending on the constitution. Moisture. Moist. Tissue state. Dry atrophy. Heat excitation. Wind tension. Taste. Sweet and salty. Herbal actions. Antibacterial. Mild astringent. Demolcent. Diuretic. Emollient. Expectorant. Inflammation modulating and laxative. Health challenges supported by common mallow. J.T. Burgess wrote in 1868 that the uses of mallow are infinite. The fresh or dried leaves are best infused in cold water to preserve the muculogenous content and drunk for the treatment of the digestive respiratory and urinary tracts. A fresh herb and root tincture can also be made, however this mucilaginous herbal action will be significantly affected. Some of the health challenges supported by common mallow include Digestive issues Mallows are mildly astringent, which means they help tone the mucosal membranes on the skin. It also has a vulnar action with an ability to staunch mild bleeding. Combined with its soothing, emollient and moisturising properties, you can see why it is useful for people who who have patterns of heat and inflammation in their digestive tract. This includes ulcers, gastritis, colitis and enteritis, as well as Crohn's disease. It can also support people to recover from leaky gut syndrome, commonly caused by prolonged use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories such as aspirin, antibiotics, the pill, recreational drugs, high sugar and highly processed diets. Mallows, marshmallow in particular, can also support with heartburn and issues of gastrointestinal reflux. In digestive challenges, the strong herbal infusion is the most effective as you want to cover as much surface area as possible. Likewise, for inflamed conditions such as hemorrhoids, mallow can bring relief. Herbalist Saja Poppin recommends sitz baths especially. Respiratory infections. The herb is a powerful demulcent for coughs, colds, sore throats, asthma and chest troubles. Soja writes that marshmallow, the most commonly used member of the mallow family, Soothes, calms, cools and moisturises a respiratory system that is overly inflamed, hot and tense. It tends to relax excessive spasm in the smooth muscles lining the entire tract and increase mucus secretions from the membranes. Mallow is for respiratory conditions that are hot and dry. Sore throats. Mallow can help soothe sore throats, especially those that are hot and dry and in need of moisture and cooling. The flowers are commonly made into a syrup for this purpose. Urinary tract infections. In a similar way to the above mallow helps to soothe the inflamed tissues in the mucosal membranes of the urinary tract. The leaves rather than the roots are more commonly used for UTI infections and they also have a diuretic effect. Marshmallow is commonly used by herbalists to help relieve conditions such as cystitis, urethritis and nephritis. Just want to note again like this is just like an overview and you're not going to treat like a kidney infection like nephritis like with marshmallow without kind of support from a Clinical herbalist, if that makes sense. Something like cystitis, um, you know, that could be like a DIY thing in prison, but um, I just wanted to flag that up. Toothache mallow flowers can be chewed to relieve toothache. Insect bites, boils, and absences, sores, cuts, bruises, or general skin complaints. You can chop or chew the fresh leaf and apply directly as a poultice. Burns marshmallow leaves, but any mallow leaf you can access in an emergency, have also been used in traditional burn care after common first aid practices are followed. Mallow leaves traditionally have been combined with olive oil for the prevention of blistering. Cosmetic Skin Care Katrina Blair says that mallow is celebrated in our community as one of the best skin care remedies around. As a face wash and healing mask, it repairs sun damage and rejuvenates the skin. It makes a wonderful green facial mask that removes skin blemishes and irritation amazingly quickly. Mallow leaf and flower can also be made into herbal oils to soothe and regenerate the skin. Sore or strained eyes Mallow can also be made into an infusion for bathing inflamed eyes. Musculoskeletal system. While not famous for its affinity with the musculoskeletal system, many herbalists include mallow in their mixes because of its moistening effect on people with joint pain linked to dryness. Also, a lot of musculoskeletal issues can be linked directly to inflammation in the gut. In the case of my ribcage, food intolerances were a major culprit. Mallow can be used to support inflamed tissues. Immune system. Another less-known affinity of mallow is its support for the immune system because of its actions on the mucous membranes. Sager describes how the presence of polysaccharides indicates an immunological quality, as commonly these sugar compounds are seen as similar to bacteria or other pathogens by the immune system, thus triggering it into a heightened state of activity. It's also important to remember that the mucosa is laden with white blood cells and immunity to protect the body from pathogenic invasion. Thus, by simple virtue of increasing mucosal secretions, immunity is enhanced. Cautions. In large doses, mallow can be laxative and purgative. While it can take a while to get to grips with the concepts of energetics, it is important to remember that mallow is not ideal to give to people with cold, wet, damp conditions, unless skillfully combined with other warming herbs. How to practically use mallow in prison? Where you might find mallow, I used to find mallow in the stony areas in full sun, often at the edges of curbs and walkways within the prison. Digestive inflammation for people with stomach ulcers, gastritis, colitis, enteritis, Crohn's disease, gastrointestinal reflux, heartburn, etc. Drink a cold infusion, ideally of the roots, if you can. But the leaves are also great. If not, do this for six weeks and then take a break. Continue as needed. Hemorrhoids. Add the leaves to a sitz bath, where you're, basically play, where you're basically placing your ass in the water. Um, I love how I wrote it like that. Okay, ideally some kind of tub, bowl, large enough for you. Or if your wing has a bath, you could add the leaves to the water. Or to make it stronger, make a cold infusion first in cups, bottles, any container you can get. And let it infuse for as long as you can, and then add it to the bath water. If a sitz bath is not an option, you could also mash up some leaves with a bit of water and place directly. You could also make a small poultice or pad and place in your underwear. Coughs, colds, asthma and chest troubles. Drink the cold infusion. Sore throats. Drink a cold infusion. Eating flowers directly can also help. Urinary tract infections. Make a cold infusion and drink as much as possible at least two to three times per day for conditions such as cystitis and arthritis. Toothache. Chew a mallow leaf. Inset bites, boils, absences, sores, cuts, bruises or general skin complaints. Chew the fresh leaf and apply it directly to the skin, holding it in place for as long as you need until you have pain relief or or the swelling subsides. Burns, after doing the necessary first aid, see wound section for more detail, mallow leaves can also be placed on the skin for minor burns. You can also make a compress with a cold infusion of mallow and wrap around the affected area. Face mask, make a strong cold infusion with mallow leaves or flowers, apply damp leaves to the face and allow to sit there. Then remove and wash your face with the infusion. Sore eyes. Make a cold infusion with the leaves and use it an, as an eye wash. I know it's unlikely that you'll have an eye bath available in prison. One option is to save those little plastic cups that they give out during medication Make sure it is super clean and then pour the infusion into that and wash your eye in it. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.